Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We are podcasting a Bible class posted every Sunday morning at 9.30. For people who are not able to be with us at the building at Sunny Slope Church of Christ, and also for those who are listening in other parts of the country and also around the world, literally. What a blessing we have when we consider how the unit how the internet can be used in such positive ways to teach God's word on such a widespread basis. My, my. You think about how the apostles and the early Christians had to carry the gospel throughout the known world at that time (laughs) by foot, by donkey or horse, uh, through, uh, by ship. It was a much slower process, much more arduous, I think we would say, in, in many cases, And now we can send out snail mail, we can make phone calls, we can work on Zoom over the internet uh, and other kinds of platforms like that and be kind of face-to-face with people halfway around the world. And we can, on such an easy, ready basis, podcast Bible classes and Bible studies and they're broadcast all over the world through the internet. My, how blessed we are to have such ready access to, through technology, the technology that's available to us today on such a ready basis, to spread God's word so far and near and so easily. All the glory, the praise, the honor, and the thanks be to God. And we pray at Sunny Slope, at, here at Sunny Slope Church of Christ that we're doing this in, a, in an effective way. We pray that God will bless these studies, bless these lessons, and help people, including you, to grow in your faith. Since faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17, it is imperative that we stay in God's word on a regular basis. Now, we want to encourage you to help other people get into God's word on a regular basis by sharing these studies with them. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, probably some other technological means as well. But share with your family members, your friends, work associates, neighbors, with everybody you can. What a great blessing it will be for somebody to look back and realize you helped them get them into God's word, and that helped them get on the right path that ultimately led them to heaven. But while that'll be a great blessing for them, it'll also be a great blessing for you. We also encourage you to tell everybody about our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. They can scroll down the home page to our podcast button, click on that, and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets, as we say. We are about helping people get to heaven. When somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, plus all of our sermons, and a great daily, seven-day-a-week, short, about a 13-minute Bible study every day. It gets us into God's Word for a few minutes every day. We call that today's Bible class. And then they'll also receive our Monday through Friday daily radio program, Search the Scriptures. Again, all of that will be automatic to their smart device, whichever one they choose, smartphone, computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever whatever one they choose. It'll be automatic, and it will always be free. 
While at our website, you can also download and watch and listen to many sermons uh, that are archived there. You can pull those up, and, and more and more, they're being posted in video format as well as audio format. You can also download and study through, read hundreds of articles that are biblically based and spiritually focused. All of this, again, is free, and it always will be free. So take advantage of that opportunity and tell others also so they can take advantage. We're going to get back into our study from the book of Exodus. And we are at chapter 20 today, and we're going through the original Ten Commandments as they were first listed, as they were first given by God to Moses on Mount Sinai, and then Moses communicating them to the people of Israel, the Israelites at that time. And these, of course, were the ultimate descendants of Jacob, and Jacob ultimately a descendant of going all the way back to Abraham. Now, I've taken some time with these Ten Commandments. We've spent some time looking at them one by one made the point that the fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, we looked at that in some detail and in some depth, and I made the point that that is the one commandment from the original ten that is not incorporated into New Testament Christianity in some way. Now, a lot of people look at Sunday today, the first day of the week, and they say, or they refer to it as the Sabbath. Well, that's not the Sabbath. The Sabbath was the seventh day of the week. And a lot of people, they go all the way back to the garden, to the creation, and they, they say God commanded or instructed Sabbath worship, remembering the seventh day of the week as a day of worship, going all the way back to the creation, that he commanded that, he instructed that for mankind. The scripture text just does not say that, does not say that. We're talking about thousands of years later before we see it instructed as a day of worship, commanded and instructed by God. And so here we have it in the original Ten Commandments, but it was for the Israelites. Now again, all of the original Ten Commandments are incorporated into New Testament Christianity in New Testament Scripture, either directly stated or by implication with the exception of this fourth commandment. We no longer worship on the seventh day of the week as the Israelites, later, come, later to become known as the Jews, did in Old Testament times under the law of Moses, but we worship on the first day of the week, on the first day of the week. And so we understand that. That's, and remember, when Jesus died on the cross, we read in the book of Ephesians, where the Apostle Paul says that the old law was nailed to the cross. Jesus brought us the New Testament law of Christ. And so we live under that spiritual law today. Now we come along and we're down to, we've looked at the first, we've looked at the first four, we're down to number five. And that is in verse 12 of Exodus chapter 20. And this is one that we really need to pay attention to. I'm, I'm afraid we have lost this one to a great extent in our culture, in our country today, and I'm afraid we have lost it for quite a number of years to a great extent. Now, I'm not saying everybody, but I'm afraid that a whole lot of people 
have, have, have just let this one slip by the wayside. And our culture, I think, has contributed to that to some degree. That one says, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, particularly, that was referring to, again, the Israelites, who became later known as the Jews. And so God was giving this particular commandment of the ten, this fifth one, honor your father and mother. And there's, there's a promise that goes with this one. Now, it was initially promised to them specifically that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now, remember, Moses, by God's instruction, led the Israelites out of Egypt, where they had been in bondage for quite a while. He led them to Mount Sinai, and here God is now giving Moses the law, the spiritual law we refer to as the Old Testament law of Moses for the Israelites. And the Ten Commandments is central in, is central in that law. Now, God is ultimately, through Moses, leading those people to the promised land, a land promised to Abraham through his descendants going all the way back to Genesis chapter 12. Now, the promise here with this fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother, is that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. In other words, that you may continue in, in prosperity in this promised land, the land that God promised to you as descendants of Abraham going all the way back to Genesis chapter 12. It's interesting that this particular commandment is referred to, again in the New Testament, as, uh, as a commandment, the first commandment with promise. But first, I want us to go to uh, I want us to go to Leviticus chapter 19, and we have this particular instruction or commandment emphasized again in Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 3. Notice what is written there. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Every one of you shall revere what a great word, but very strong word. Back in, in the original fifth commandment in, in, verse, in, in, chapter, in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, the word honor is used. Honor your father and your mother. And this would be so important because the promise that they would, lay, that, that they would live long and prosper long for a long time within the promised land is connected to their keeping this particular commandment, showing the proper honor and respect to their mother and father in their biological families. In Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 3, that word revere may seem even deeper there. Boy, you, this is tremendous respect you're supposed to have for your parents, for your parents. And this is a commandment from God. Now, when we come to the New Testament, we look at 
Ephesians chapter 6, the very first verse in Ephesians chapter 6 repeats this commandment. Children, obey your, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, there is something of a qualification here, and it is that phrase, in the Lord. Now, we're going to talk about that for a moment. But he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Now, interesting, an interesting little bit of a change in, this partic- in, in, in how it's brought out in the New Testament and referring to New Testament Christianity. Now, first, children obey your parents. We would say, you need to obey your parents in kind of a blanket statement. But notice, children obey your parents in the Lord, Ephesians 6 and verse 1, for this is right. Now, what does that mean? Well, certainly, he's writing this again to Christians, but the principle applies to everybody who would be followers of God. As they read this, they would say, okay, God is instructing that children obey their parents. Now, there is a qualifier here, though, in the Lord. Now, what does that mean, in the Lord? Well, one understanding could certainly be children, as you are walking in the Lord, you obey your parents, for this is right. Another understanding, I think, that necessarily comes in there is you obey your parents as long as they're commanding or instructing you or leading you in the ways of the Lord. Now, frankly, there are a whole lot of parents in our country today, in our culture, who are not doing that. They're not leading their children in the ways of the Lord. In fact, they're leading them in the ways of the devil to a great extent. By example, if not by outright encouraging them to do things that are absolutely ungodly. We have a lot of parents out there who are drug addicts, they're alcoholics, they are sexually promiscuous, they you have mothers who have different men coming into their homes all the time and having sexual relations with them. You have fathers who are continually having sexual relationships outside of their marriage bond with all kinds of women. Uh, you're having parents who use all kinds of profanity and vulgarity in front of their children and to their children, calling their children by vulgar names. It, it's a horrible situation in many homes along these lines. Now, some of those situations are, are different in some homes, but in some cases, they probably incorporate almost all of those kinds of conditions. Well, par- children are not to obey their parents in ungodliness. They're not to obey their parents when their parents tell them to do things that are sinful, outright sinful, but they're to obey their parents as their parents are leading them in the ways of the Lord. And children who are Christians themselves and are trying to live a godly life, they need to respect their parents. They need to obey their parents in godliness because that's part of their example and their lifestyle as Christian children themselves. Now, I'm not talking about children going back to when they're newborn infants and through the toddler years and so on because they are innocents back then. They're not they're not capable of, of 
making a decision to become a Christian. I know there are denominational churches, and uh, some of them are big churches that baptize, as they call it, infants shortly after they're born. They rub some water on their forehead or sprinkle some water over their head or in their face, and they call that baptism. That's not scripture. That's not what's instructed in the New Testament. We have no example of that in New Testament Christianity as laid out in the scriptures, and that's not what baptism is as taught in the scriptures. Baptism is a burial or immersion in the water on the part of an individual who is old enough and who understands enough to come to believe in God on their own and believe in Jesus as God's Son and their Lord and Savior and to make a a, a commitment to follow God through Jesus, to come to God through Jesus, their Savior, repenting of their sins, confessing their faith openly in Christ, and being baptized for the remission of their sins. That is Christian baptism. You never find an example, and you never find one single verse of instruction that teaches that newborn infants should have some water rubbed on their head or water sprinkled in their face or over their head and or maybe have water poured over their head and call that baptism not a single time nowhere in the new testament scriptures no example of it no inference of such a person real baptism is for a person who is old enough to understand sin to understand God being the creator, their heavenly father, and Christ as being their savior, the son of God, and that they need to repent of their sins and come to God through Jesus Christ, be buried with him, immersed in the waters of baptism, so that the blood that he shed on the cross could cleanse them of the guilt of their sins. That's New Testament Christian baptism. Babies are innocent. They cannot even, they don't even have a concept of sin. They don't understand any of that. But that's what's taught, I know, by a number of denominations. And those denominations have erred from the scripture teachings on that particular point. Now, if anyone disagrees with that, I'll be glad to sit down with them either in person or over the phone or by email or whatever, to study the scriptures on that matter. But it is clear. It's not a matter of, of confusion or obscure teachings. Infant baptism just is not there. And so we need to understand that. But children need to obey their parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is God's will. And then verse 2 of Ephesians chapter 6, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Oh, now here's, here's the promise again. But you see, it has been adjusted in New Testament Christianity from what it was or how it was stated in the original Ten Commandments, and this being the fourth, or the fifth commandment among those ten. 
Remember what it said back there? Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So this is to the Israelites specifically that this promise is that they may live long in that land that God promised to Abraham through his descendants, which now he is fulfilling by giving to the Israelites. New Testament, the New Testament rendering is honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So in other words, physical longevity or how long you live on the earth physically is connected in in Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 1 through 3. That promise, the promise was adjusted by the Apostle Paul. And of course, he was simply writing God's word by God's guidance through the Holy Spirit here, that it may be well with you and that you may live long in the earth. So he's talking here, he, God has reconditioned that promise to be physical longevity, how long you live your physical life on the earth. Interesting. We need to catch those, those differences that some people might say they're subtle, but they're really pretty flagrant. How it was worded as part of the Old Testament law of Moses to the Israelites and how it is reworded in different words to, in New Testament Christianity. We come back to Exodus chapter 20 and we look at verse 13. You shall not murder. The sixth commandment. Very direct statement. Easy for us to understand. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. The seventh commandment. You shall not steal. The eighth commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Lying would certainly fall into that particular description. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. The idea of covetousness is greed. And so the commandment, this 10th commandment says, Basically, you shall not covet. Don't covet something that is not that belongs to somebody else and that is not yours. Don't feel any resentment toward whoever owns those things or has those blessings. Certainly, you're not to covet your neighbor's wife or husband, obviously, by implication. You see another fellow here or another person they have a bigger house than yours, that's a blessing for them. Don't covet their house. Don't resent them for it. Don't be envious of what they have that you don't have. That's ungodly. Basically, in a nutshell, this 10th commandment is simply, you shall not covet what is not yours, what somebody else has. Interesting. Now, when we look at these last several commandments, 
You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. All of those are also part of New Testament Christianity. And we can look, and next time we're going to do that, we're going to look at some of the lists of sinful practices and lifestyles that are condemned in the New Testament and that are stated very directly will keep a person out of heaven. We're going to look at those, look at several of those lists, and they're not all-inclusive. They're simply representative lists, and we could say, okay, and, and in fact in Galatians chapter 5, that that particular list, which is very lengthy, concludes with, and such like. <laughs> and so Paul is saying, and anything else that could be similarly described or classified as ungodly acts or lifestyles, going to keep you out of heaven. So we're going to go back and look at those and compare some of those to what we read in these last several of the Ten Commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. These are statements of integrity and godliness that we need to make sure we do not sully our souls or tarnish our spiritual integrity by getting involved in these kinds of practices. So, read ahead, think, and we'll look at those in more detail next time. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for giving us your word to guide us in the ways of godliness, your ways. Thank you for giving us your word to instruct us against the ways of the devil, sinfulness, wickedness, evil. Thank you, Father, for having that home in heaven prepared for us if we will walk in your ways and not in the ways of our enemy, the devil, who is trying to pull us away from you. Help people to see the difference and help them, Father, to embrace you and your ways and to live godly lives. We pray, Father. We pray this. And help us always and guide us to live to your glory. Help us to be thoughtful in what we do, how we think, what we say, how we act all the time, every day. Father, please, we pray. We pray this. And may you be glorified through our lives. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.